Hi, this is Carolyn, and Erin is here with me, and we are thrilled to have 17-time Grand Slam champion and winner of two Olympic gold medals, Gigi Fernandez, here with us. The really exciting part is that she now coaches adult recreational players just like us, and she has a lot of online classes, so you can take a class from Gigi Fernandez no matter where you live. I took the Gigi method, and it has completely transformed my game. Gigi, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thanks for finding me. (laughs) (laughs) So my first question is, what mistakes in doubles do you see adult recreational players making the most? Oh, you know, the one basic mistake that I'm constantly talking about is following the ball because, you know, we've kind of all been taught to follow the ball when we're at the net. The problem with pros, when we follow the ball, we stop probably 18 to two feet from the sideline. But recreational players continue to go, I have my little board here. So like when you're following the board, when you're following the ball this way, you know, it puts this person in the alley a lot. And when you're standing in the alley, you're leaving 90% of the court for your partner to cover. So, um, so, you know, I, I try to solve that by telling players to stagger. When you stagger, one player is slightly in front of the other. And that has really kind of solved the problem of um, middle confusion, right? Because also when you move side to side, we're not really clear who gets the middle ball. It's like, yours, mine. Sometimes I think it's mine. You think it's mine. So, so yeah, so that, so when you stagger, you solve that problem because whoever is closest to the ball in doubles always has the first right of the ball for, for the last hundred years and for the next 100 years, whoever is closest to the ball in doubles has the first right. It's not my half, your half. It's whoever is closest to the ball, whoever's in front of the ball has the first, first right of the ball. So if someone says that's actually my ball, if I can get to it, it's mine. Yes. For the most part, if you're in front of your uh, partner and they're calling you off and you think you can hit it, you hit it. Right. So, you know, sometimes there's confusions on lobs. Like if a lob goes over me and I'm about to hit it and my partner says, I got it. If I can hit it, I hit it. But if I can't hit it, if I feel like, Oh, I'm not really quite there. Then I just, and she has told me I got it. That's her telling me I'm here if you're not. So it's okay. Okay. To defer an overhead. If your partner tells you I have it, if you don't have it. And I just want to clarify too, and don't cover the alleys. That's the biggest thing that's made. I mean, it's a huge change to my game and it works. It is crazy. Because, you know, statistically we know, and I know this from, I've been coaching professional players now starting in 2012. So it's almost uh, nine years now going on 12 years or 10 years rather. We know that if we, if we feed, if we stand a a three, you can't see my cord, but if I stand a three Oh, three, five or four Oh here and feed them 10 balls, they'll make one or two inside the alley mm-hmm. with a backhand zero four O's, maybe one, four fives, five O's, one or two. So you don't want to cover the shot that you're going to execute 10 or 15% of the time. And that's on a fed ball and a nicely fed right. ball that, you know, you're standing there with all the time in the world, no match pressure, no nerves, you know, no stress, not, you know, nobody at the other side of the net poaching and agitating you. So, so, you know, you, you just by large, give them the alley. Um, there's two exceptions. The first one is, well, they have the, what I call the rule of three. If you've been passed three times in a row by someone on the alley, then this person has this shot and then you have to account for it. But th- that's going to be the minority of the players. And then the other exception is when opponents are hitting inside shots, inside shot is on the inside of the court. If you have an opponent hitting a forehand here, the natural shots for forehand there are to go cross court, which is into this alley. Then they can hit it down the line into this alley, but they cannot hit it into this uh, inside-out alley because their partner's in the way. So if somebody's hitting an inside shot there, then that's the one time you're going to cover the alley. The other time that you may cover your alley is if someone comes in 
they have an outside shot, but they're coming in for the kill. You know, someone's coming in and they're going to rip the ball. And, you know, where can you hit the ball hard when you're inside the court? You can hit the ball hard down the line. You're going to hit the ball hard down the middle. You cannot hit this ball hard cross court. It'll go wide because you got to clear the net, right? So if you're going to hit it cross, cross court, you have to put a little spit on it or dip it. So in this case, also I tell players, when somebody's going to coming in for the kill, then you cover your alley. Okay. But they have so, to be short and coming in for the kill. Otherwise, just let them have it. Pushback that we get a, a lot in that is people don't like being passed down the alley because they feel like, I don't know what they feel, but I felt oh. like if I did get passed down my alley, I wasn't doing my job mm-hmm. because I wasn't forcing forcing players to try that low percentage shot. You know, and they'll, they'll make it. They'll make them one out of 10 times, you know, probably at one all or two all, but when it comes down to it, a five all in the third and a tiebreaker, these are really hard shots to make. So mm-hmm. kind of trying to not be so obsessed with coming your alley will immediately make you a better doubles player. Yeah. But some of the people we play with that are higher level than us are like, cover your alley, cover your, like they think that's our number one job. Her and I both feel like, and we've both taken a little bit of your courses and we're like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Gigi yeah. said that's I mean, not right. Just, it's just, you know, it's really interesting because, um, you know, sometimes I wish I had not called my doubles program the Gigi method because people think that it's like some weird way that I play doubles. But it was, you know, I just had a camp with Martina Navratilova a couple of months ago. And Martina and I and I said to the players in the camp, listen, Martina and I have not had any conversations about what you're going to learn over the next three days. I'm going to present to you the Gigi method and I can guarantee you that her and I will not have one disagreement. And sure enough, you know, we went through three days of, you know, 10 or 12 hours on the court and everything that I said, she was like, right on, right on, right on, yeah. right on, right on, right on. Because that's just how you play doubles. <laughs> it's yeah. how you play winning doubles. So, but I think since you're mostly coaching three fives and four rows, we can say Gigi said that like this is right. Gigi's method and right. Gigi says it and she's won 17 grand slams. Yeah. And, and, and we I mean, need to listen. this is, and this is specifically for three fives and four rows because for yeah. pros inside shots, they can hit them anywhere. Yeah. Right. And, and in fact, I never had an inside shot when I was playing ever, because if I had an inside shot, that meant my partner didn't do her job. I kind of figured out this whole thing of the inside shot while coaching recreational players. Because yeah. it happens so all the time for recreational. Yeah, because you're so obsessed with covering the alley that the middle is, you leave the middle open, right. where you know really the reverse has to happen. If you control the middle and doubles, you will win the majority of the matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And even after I took the GG method, I, d- I came back in and I started playing again and I was throwing in Australian. I was throwing in all the stuff that Everything. I learned from yeah. you and yes. it was working. It worked. It was yeah. crazy. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. In fact, I have a couple, you know, my, um, I had just had two cancellations on my camp with Martina. Um, somebody, not, they weren't COVID related. I've had a lot of COVID related cancellations, yeah. but this one was work related. So I had two spots for the Martina camp in April. Um, and then I also have two spots for the February camp. So if anybody listening wants yeah. to come to a camp, um, I have two, the, the three, five, four Oh spots, um, are in February. And then the Martina camps is pretty much any rating. Cause I have players there from yeah. three, five to four five. Can you tell us a little bit about your camps? I mean, Aaron and I were talking right before you got on and this is our bucket list. This is what we want to do. Well, let's go. It's you guys are perfect camp. for that February. I know we would love it. So, so the, the camp's three days. Um, you arrive like on day one, which is usually a Thursday. And then we play two and a half hours Thursday night and we have dinner. We have a welcome reception dinner. 
And then we've been doing them outside because of COVID. And then, um, and actually everybody's testing for this one. I'm making everybody test. Now it's so easy to test. So everybody will be tested and negative or if they're positive, they're not coming. Uh, Friday, um, we play all day. We play uh, three hours in the mornings, two in the afternoon. We have lunch. At lunch, I go over the five steps of the G method. Uh, and then Saturday, we play two, another two and a half hours in the morning. And I talk about uh, the roadmap to mental dominance, which is my mental toughness product. And I do that at lunch. Uh, and that's it. And then I have an optional fourth day add-on. If you want to stay for Sunday, we we have, we have a massage Saturday afternoon. And then we do a supervised match play against members of the club, which is the Innisbrook Resort which, uh, out in Palm Harbor. It's about 20, 25 minutes from the Tampa airport. So, yeah, so, you know, I've been, I used to do 16 players before COVID. We had four courts in a row and, and that was great. And now I went to eight because of COVID. So um, keep them small and, we have great pros that have been doing this with me now for three years. So yeah, it's, uh, super, it's been challenging a little bit with COVID, you know, but, but we've managed, we had one in July, we had one in uh, October, November, December, and then we have one in February. I told Carolyn earlier, I couldn't wait to do this podcast with you, but I also can't wait to get off the phone and like go through, I started going through all the lessons. I did one zoom one, like in May that you had done like a live, like oh, a 45 minute, just a quick yeah. one. And I like did a screen captured everything. Um, but now I want to go through the whole site and sign up. For... So, uh, so if you're on my email list and I, don't know I am now, probably yeah. both are. So for people who are not on that are listening, I have what I call the grandson call of the month. So on the uh, last Monday of every month, I get on a Zoom call with some famous person. Like the last month was Lindsay Davenport, the month before with Mark Woodford. Next month we have Jim Courier and Patrick McEnroe, Lisa Raymond. But this month is next Monday. It's at eight. It's free, entirely free. It don't cost you anything. And the theme next Monday um, is uh, fitness and health for tennis. So I have the WCA Tour head trainer, the person that has been there for 30 years that developed the whole health services department around the WTA. And also the head dietitian for the USOC, United States Olympic Committee. And then we have um, Brady from Online Tennis Lessons who put together a specific tennis fitness course. So three of us and then my co-panelist, who is um, Peter Freeman from Crunch, Crunch Time Tennis, are just going to talk about fitness. So you guys should all hop on that call. Um, yeah. Gigi Fernandez Tennis is my website. And um, you guys join my list and should you yeah. get start getting those emails. Yeah, yeah. And we'll make sure to put all of this in the That's show a, notes, how they can sign yeah. up for yeah. your website, how they can sign up for the GG method and everything like that. We'll make sure to include in the show notes. Yeah. Sounds great. We can't thank Gigi enough for talking with us tonight. Next week, she will tell us when we should poach and what it's like to coach adult recreational players after coaching legitimate professionals. Also, when Gigi was explaining court positioning, she was showing us some things on her board that has a tennis court on it. If you would like to see a visual of what she was showing us, please check out our Facebook page, which is Second Serve Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the court soon. 